Welcome to Healing with David, a space where we lead with the heart, lean into the science, and dig into our soul to address the root causes of our physical, emotional, and spiritual imbalances. But we don't stop there. We go into the inner work, struggles, and shared experiences of walking this path towards our best self because, let's face it, it can get tough. I'm your host, David Delgado, integrative health practitioner and fellow traveler with you on this journey towards optimal health and wholeness. Let's begin. Hey there, everyone. Welcome back. Chances are, if you're checking out this show, you've obviously heard of the myriad of benefits of microdosing, namely like enhanced mental clarity, alleviating depression, anxiety, PTSD, more creativity, and so much more. However, I feel that the whole perception of microdosing is a little bit incomplete. It's a bit overly optimistic. And that's not to say that it's necessarily all bad, but I want to share with you what I like to call my microdosing experience gone wrong. And I say gone or wrong rather in quotations just because it didn't necessarily go wrong. I got a lot of insights, but it was a very challenging experience. And I want to highlight what this experience was like so that you're better prepared and you're not just expecting a euphoric, blissful experience like a lot of these microdosing companies are advertising. A little bit about how I prepared, the strain that I chose, what my rituals were like, what I learned, what were the kind of hard lessons that I learned from microdosing. And I'm going to share a little bit of, I'm going to share some resources to help you on your microdosing journey, which is something that I would generally encourage if you're at the appropriate stage in your development to engage with psychedelics. It's certainly not for everyone, but for those of you that are interested, there is a more um, informed way to do it rather than just jumping on the bandwagon and just buying any old kind of microdosing product that happens to have an Instagram account. So we're going to be going into that and much more. The first thing that I would like to go into is around the preparation. When you engage in microdosing, you really want to know why you're doing this. What is your why behind it? Is it you're looking to connect with source, with spirit? Are you alleviating anxiety? Do you feel like you're in a rut in some way? And I think this is important because even though the clinical science isn't necessarily backed, this does direct the medicine and how it interacts with your system in a pretty profound way. And I'm going to go into why this is important a little bit later because it does actually connect with choosing the strain that you want as well. And there is a little bit of debate as to whether the strain matters. And while science is necessarily entirely understand the difference between the strains, people who are very well acquainted with plant medicine have sat with multiple strains for long periods of time, they will undoubtedly recount that there is a difference, even though the main ingredient is still psilocybin. That leads me to a next point, which is today's podcast is largely going to be talking about psilocybin microdosing. And of course, you can you can microdose with LSD, with ketamine, with MDMA, Psilocybin is the most popular, and I believe it's also a pretty great starting point for many people as well. So we're going to be talking about mainly psilocybin. If you have microdosed with psilocybin, go ahead and drop a comment if you're watching this on YouTube. So when I engaged with psilocybin, I spoke with a few people who are in the medicine space. I spoke with someone who I had actually done a full-on ceremony with at a macrodose to understand their perspective. I also spoke with a few uh, people who engage in 
sort of spiritual psychology, who facilitate therapeutic doses of plant medicine, and who are also microdosing guides. Had a few sessions with them, and they mentioned a lot of the same stuff. And I used a website called Third Wave, which I found to be quite helpful. Basically, what they mention is you want to set the intention, you want to journal, you want to have a specific ritual around taking the medicine itself. And you really want to ideally have a calm set and setting, especially the first couple times that you sit with the medicine. So you don't really want to have a lot of obligations. All of this I complied with. So definitely I would recommend doing that. Additionally, they talked about the interaction of certain practices. So for example, if you have a breathwork practice, you probably don't want to do the breathwork right after you took your psilocybin dose. Of course, you can introduce it later on, but it might actually aggravate or intensify the onset of the medicine. So you don't necessarily want to combine it off the bat, but later on, it can certainly enhance the experience. So that was largely what I did. I'll go into the actual routine in a moment. And yeah, and then really being able to hold space. So the first couple times that I did it, I made sure that I really had not much going on at all those days. So they were pretty much clear days. And another thing that actually had, you know, that I learned, I didn't actually do this, was having a group of friends or a trusted friend that would check in on me while I was microdosing. So in spiritual circles, this is referred to as sangha or having kind of spiritual community. And I find that most spirituality and personal development nowadays is actually done alone. If you resonate with that, go ahead and drop a comment if you feel pretty alone in this journey, because I definitely hear that. So I've been trying to break that pattern myself. I have the, the limiting belief that I need to do everything myself. And so that's something that I'm deconditioning, as they say. That's um, something I'd highly recommend doing is either having a group of friends that are maybe microdosing together or just having a couple friends that you trust. Just be aware that this is your first dosing day so they can check in with you over text and be supportive in whatever way you need. The last part was the strain. So like I said, the strain does matter, I think more than many people think. And the strain that I chose is something called Masapatek. I went into this journey seeking a more, what I thought would be a more grounded, a spiritual type experience. That was what I was going for. Not so much the overly euphoric or just more of a high, so to speak, but really get some insights. And boy, did I did I get insights. More than probably I wanted, actually. And so the, this strain, Masapatek, is from the south of Mexico, and it refers to the strain of the Mazatec people. So Maria Sabina, uh, she's credited with introducing psilocybin mushrooms to the West. This is the strain that she basically used with some of the uh, first Westerners that were engaging in plant medicine ceremonies near Oaxaca, Mexico. I chose this strain partially because of the introduction, that it had like a much more contemplative, insightful quality to it. And at the time, I thought this was a good idea, but I didn't really account for the set and setting of my life, that I live in New York City and I can hold a cert- a reasonable amount of space for myself. I can certainly have some time for contemplation, but it was really a bit too much. And I feel that, I'll go into this more later, but I do feel that this is much more of a ceremonial medicine 
as opposed to a microdosing medicine. Some other strains that people typically choose are golden teacher, very common. Some people like to do like blends of golden teacher and penis envy, but there's many others. But golden teacher, based on my research, is the most common microdosing strain out there. There was a few others that I was considering, such as full moon and uh, hillbilly were the other two. Those tend to have, from my understanding, especially hillbilly, a much more euphoric quality to them. So a little bit different. So as far as like how I went about ingesting the medicine, what I did is I, in terms of dose, typically a microdose based on my research was going to be somewhere between 0.1 to 0.25 to start. I know from my experience with macrodosing that I tend to be on the more sensitive end of the spectrum. And so I chose a smaller dose. I chose just over 0.1 grams. I had a basically a scale and I had capsules and I just emptied the capsules and left about 0.12, I believe is what I first took. Following my coach's advice, I you know, kept it in a sacred place. I had my partner actually touch the medicine or bless the medicine before I took it. And I blew sage smoke on the medicine and I took it just with some herbal tea, nothing, nothing crazy. Later on, I introduced ceremonial cacao that has a more heart-opening quality, which I felt was a really beautiful addition. And yeah, and then from there, I used the Field Trip app. So Field Trip is a basically a psychedelic-assisted therapy startup, and they have an amazing app, which I really can't recommend enough, even just for deeper meditations. So what I did is I ingested the medicine, had the tea, and then I used one of their kind of trip meditations, which is an immersive meditation. And I just allowed the medicine to sit with me for about 45 minutes, maybe even an hour. And then after that, I went out into the world, maybe I would say two hours in, I felt, okay, it kicked in. I definitely felt different. And it was a beautiful sunny day here in New York City. And I went out, I grabbed some lunch. I was very competent. I did feel different for sure. The, the colors were brighter. Everything just feels a lot more expansive. And I didn't feel as with that yang energy that I typically have, like very sharp, just felt very expanded. Didn't really feel like talking a whole lot. Was much more, felt connected to my intuition and my heart more. So probably not the best medicine for doing creative work or being in a meeting or preparing a deck or anything like that. And I went out into the park and just connected a bit with nature. And one of the patterns that came up is I noticed that everything I was attracted to was behind a fence. And one of the insights from that day was I was wondering, how am I imprisoning myself? Everything seems to be behind a fence, kind of distance from me. So that was the beginning of the experience. And I spent most of the day in the park, just walking, meditating, journaling, and that was a pretty good day. And then at night, I even went to the opera and went to a kind of a concert afterwards and had a very active night with my partner. And it was a lot of fun. I definitely felt a little bit apprehensive because I was like, oh, I'm on, on medicine. And I had to carry on a few normal conversations without those people knowing. So that felt a little bit taxing in the beginning, but that was it. And then otherwise, I had what I would consider to be a relatively 
normal weekend, I was still in practice for the most part, meaning I still got up to my meditation, movement, all that kind of stuff, and went out and all that. I did feel a little bit lethargic that weekend. I did feel a little bit drained. And a few days later, the insights started coming in. Like I started to increasingly feel, yeah, just a bit like depressed, actually, a little bit disconnected, difficulty concentrating, etc. And so now I want to go into a little bit of the challenging part of this journey because in the, the first day or so wasn't it was insightful, but I wouldn't say it was challenging. Really, a few days in is really where it got quite difficult. All right, so now it's time for the bad news, so to speak. So after probably three to four days of being on my microdosing protocol, I started to feel an intense depression or cloud come over me. I couldn't really focus or concentrate. I had some suicidal ideation. I felt like my life wasn't worth living. And I was really confronted with some challenging truths about my own spiritual path and evolution. For one, coming into contact with the ways that actually I was protecting myself from feeling pain, specifically the ways that I've been staying small in my life and how I'd really designed my life, including my personal development journey, in a way that actually prevented me from being out in the world or from really feeling anything, from engaging. And I have I had been spiritually bypassing or um, numbing myself on some level through this work, or at least blinding myself to the bitter truth. So that was one thing that definitely came through. And just a very basic level, I came into contact in, in the ways in which I was extremely depressed and unhappy with my life. Even though I was depressed and unhappy, it actually felt very familiar. But the medicine brought out that deep down, I actually wasn't very happy, although I felt safe and comfortable with this situation. So if you can relate to that, go ahead and drop a comment if you're watching this on YouTube. And what this medicine mentioned is that a lot of things just really need to change for me. And one of those things was that for a while I had put spiritual and inner work on a pedestal and kind of psychotherapy uh, beneath it. And through this journey, I realized actually I need both. I really need help going through this journey, which is why I've been actually started working with a therapist. And that kind of kicked off my journey as far as, oh, I really need to assist myself in this way. I am in a men's group and have been for a pretty long time, but I really felt that this just simply wasn't enough anymore. And so that was one of the things that came up for me in a very big way. The other is just feeling very defeated in life. I've been doing this business, Moksha Life, Healing with David for almost three years now. And granted COVID and other things, but haven't really taken off and feeling like no matter which angle I try to go at it, doesn't seem to really take off. And I feel there's a lot of internal blockages that are not allowing me to blossom that are still keeping me as the scared little boy inside instead of actually a mature blossoming man. So that definitely came up and it led to a lot of inaction, a lot of melancholy, a lot of journaling. and But I was able to really feel those emotions in a very deep way. That being said, because I went into this microdosing journey expecting a little bit of reflection, but mostly blissful experiences or downloads and things like that, I just wasn't ready for this. I had a lot of demands 
and things going on in my life. I was preparing for a large trip. I had a lot of things going on with work. And had I known that it would be this challenging, I probably wouldn't have done it. I would have probably said, okay, this is more appropriate for a ceremonial setting where you're actually going very deep. You have people holding space. Maybe you need to purge something. But this was like a slow drip of discomfort over the course of weeks. And fortunately, I do have people to talk about these things with. And there was a couple people that knew about this journey. I even had a a family, a relative who had taken this exact strain of medicine. We both chose it unknowingly from the same person. So that's a very fascinating coincidence, actually. But really, I had to, I really didn't account for this type of experience. And this is where I'd recommend that if you are going to do microdosing and you have a sense that maybe some challenging things would come up, I do recommend choosing your strain carefully and choosing your set and setting for the first couple doses very carefully, making sure that if something does come up, that you're really able to hold space for it. And of course, if it becomes too much, I'd recommend stopping, which is what I did after a few weeks. I said, thank you, medicine. Gracias, medicina. I got my insights from you and I know what to do in my next step but I don't really need any more. And I think that is perfectly okay. You don't have to follow the Fatiman protocol for three months straight. And I will mention that I was following the Fatiman protocol, which is one day on, two days off. And most of the coaches that I spoke to are probably gonna mention that you should start out with this and then maybe move into something more intuitive specific to you and specific to the strain that you chose. That's something to come up. Another thing um, was the ways that I was feeling blocked. So whether it be my nervous system, friendship, financial abundance. So that was really uh, pressing for me as far as, wow, I feel so blocked, even though I can delude myself into thinking that I'm doing well and maybe put on that front for other people. But really deep down, it wasn't like that at all. And I think the the, on on a physiological level, the undertone of the experience was very lethargic, disconnected, not not too able to be present, didn't feel like exercising as much. So everything just felt like a drag. I felt a lot of heaviness during uh, this couple weeks, actually, after this protocol. So once again, this is reason that microdosing psilocybin should not be taken lightly. This can absolutely lead to very profound realizations, and in my case, into some action that will ultimately be positive. However, you really have to be prepared for it. If you're expecting that you're going to go through your life day in and day out, having back-to-back meetings, all that kind of stuff, you're really not going to get the most from this experience. And a lot of people are duped into believing that, well, it's going to be all roses, rainbows, and fractals, and spirals, and stuff like that. And that's absolutely not the case. That being said, your experience may differ depending on the strains. As far as like the lessons learned from this microdosing experience, like I said, it was really about, I can't do this alone. That was one of the main things. So I've sought out therapy, thought out additional help in other areas of my life. I wouldn't say that my mental health is particularly bad. However, there are some spots that I've been trying to address on my own, whether it be through breath work or meditation or through hypnosis or all sorts of other modalities 
but it hasn't really, haven't really moved the needle on that. And so I think it's time to actually receive some help. And it's actually the first time as an adult that I engage in therapy. In retrospect, I wish that my parents or relatives or other people had recommended this, but it was, it's just so not normalized in the context that I grew up in. So I am feeling grateful for that and the many practitioners that are available to offer their services. The other thing was that I've been deep into spiritual and self-actualization type work for a while now and realizing that my work or my dharma is meant to be lived out in the 3D world, so to speak, that actually being out in the world, maybe running a business or having a family, being in a conscious partnership, this is the work itself. And that I don't need to run away or go off to find some blissful experience. And that is the work. So that's another thing that came through very loud and clear. And I've known this cognitively for a bit, but it really called me out on my bullshit. And I think psychedelics generally have a tendency to do this is that they immediately call you out on your bullshit, which is something a lot of people do not tell you, but they should. Those are the main lessons and takeaways from my experience. Yeah. So as far as what I would do if I was you, if you're interested in microdosing, which I'm assuming you are, or in psychedelic experiences, is really talk to coaches and facilitators first. It's very easy nowadays to believe, oh, hey, there's all these microdosing companies that have different blends for specific purposes and very similar to other supplements. This is not like other supplements. This kind of has its own interaction with your energetic and physical body. You really want to talk to people, discuss your medical history or just your past on some level and get their view on it, what it would look like. Some people need to be a bit more careful with microdosing. Other people can just jump right into it, go to work after a few days, go on a hike, all that kind of stuff. While others do need to hold a bit more space because a lot of things may come up. I'm happy to actually uh, leave a few links below with some of these specific people that I've worked with. Or if you want to DM me, um, I'm happy to share that. So if you want to DM me on Instagram, that would be Healing with David. You can also just leave a comment with your email and we can uh, go ahead and do it that way as well. So as far as the strain selection, I do think that this is pretty important. I'd probably start with something very mild, something like Golden Teacher. There are strains that are a little bit more stimulating. So the kind of albino A plus strains, stuff like that, tend to be a little bit closer to LSD in their quality. And then there's more the introspective style of medicines. And of course, the famous or the notorious penis envy is one that it's quite strong. And, and some strains are not really suitable for microdosing at all. Just because of the quality of the experience, you definitely just feel like you're on medicine. So not too, yeah, not too conducive to just going about uh, your life. Another thing I'd recommend is really looking into both the scientific literature. So a resource like Third Wave might be good for the science. If you're interested, there's a lot of podcasts on the Andrew Huberman show, which go into psilocybin, psychedelic medicine, all pretty helpful, especially if you're going for more of a clinical use case. So something more like depression, anxiety, definitely worth checking out to learn a little bit more about psilocybin. So Third Wave, Andrew Huberman, there's many others that you can check out for sure. And then I would also recommend going into the shamanic tradition. So understanding what their view is of these 
plant spirits. That's what they're typically referred to as. I think this is a very valid approach as well because there's so much we don't know and there's a much more intuitive embodied understanding of these medicines from the shamanic tradition. So um, mimicking something like what's called a dieta. So basically you eat a certain diet, usually a more cleansing diet or a detoxifying diet for a few weeks leading up to your psychedelic journey. So for a microdosing journey, I would say you probably don't need to do that, but it may be beneficial in some cases, depending on how you want to do it, how ceremonial you want to be in going about this process. I recommend definitely eating a more clean diet, maybe increasing your intermittent fasting period, because in general, when you're in a more fasted state, your meditation is deeper, you can go a little bit deeper with yourself. If you're eating like chipotle burritos every afternoon and microdosing, I do think it will affect your the quality of your insights for sure. So those would be my main tips. Getting an actual journal, there's something called Houston, Houston app, which is a way of logging and journaling a little bit. So I'd recommend that. And as far as books, there's a book called Consciousness Medicine, as well as Microdosing Psychedelics. I will link to those, link to both of those in the description so you can check them out there in the show notes or the description. That's it pretty much for today. So I hope you learned something or got some sort of value from my microdosing journey. Once again, I described it as my microdosing gone wrong journey. However, I don't think it necessarily went wrong. I did have expectations to have a more peaceful, expansive journey, but the medicine delivered its message and I'm very receptive and grateful for that. That being said, moving forward, I will definitely be even more vigilant around microdosing protocols and understanding which medicine to take and the dosages and all of that. So I definitely recommend the same for you. And in general, I think we want to just promote a culture of just vigilance and intention around psychedelics and not being so willy-nilly about them. There's still a lot we need to learn about them. And frankly, it's a very important time for the psychedelic movement because there's an assumption that this is all just going to be legal in the next couple of years. And we could enter a situation similar to the 60s where it just gets shut down. We become a little bit more conservative about it. And I would really hate for that to happen because the healing potential for these medicines is just so vast. And I truly think it would radically change the world if they were readily available with the right guidance and practitioners to guide people and educate people on how to be with these medicines for healing and therapeutic purposes. If you got value, go ahead and subscribe, follow this podcast. And if you have any questions or anything that I could share a bit more on, I'd be happy to elaborate on this experience with you. And yeah, I'm by no means an expert in this space, but I do feel that this experience was important to share. So I'd love to hear your experiences as well. And if you want, like I said, any anything else on the podcast, there's a Google form below that you can fill out. May you each find health, meaning, and love. See you all soon. Bye.